0: Welcome to We Are His Servants Bible Study, a Bible study that breaks down each book chapter by chapter to give you a little bit more insight and application in your daily life. No matter how long you've walked with Jesus, there is something for you. Please hit the follow button and check us out on all major platforms. Now to the show.
1: I'm up. All right. Hey, well, welcome back to uh, We Are His Servants uh, podcast and Bible study, a little of both, mixture, combination, we discussed that on Monday, I guess. All right, so uh, we're in Genesis 21 today on a Wednesday, Um, so a little bit of background. So obviously, as you've been following along with us and you've read through Genesis up to this point, um, you'll recognize that um, Abraham and Sarah have been waiting for their promise to be fulfilled of a son, and we are there, chapter 21, we've reached that point, so God fulfills his promise to them, uh, to Abraham and Sarah here, and their son, Isaac, is born here. Um, it did take 25 years, but here it is. Um, so this, they name him Isaac, which is, uh, I think, pretty cool uh, because it means laughter. Um, so here we go. Sarah's 90 and Abraham's 100. You can kind of see where she makes a little bit of a joke about it, how, you know, that people might laugh at her for... Um, her age and the fact that she's now going to be, like, nursing, you know, this this now baby. Um, and I, I think it's cool, too, that what what God meant is like a rebuke, in a sense, for their laughter. When you see in Genesis 17 for Sarai, or Sarah, and then in 18 for Abraham, they both laughed. Um, now it's like a, a occasion for joy, you know, that, that their promise has been fulfilled. It's pretty awesome. So um, it's... It's also like worth noting, and we'll get into this, I'm pretty sure, on Friday, that that Isaac in this story is a picture of the Messiah to come, Jesus Christ, um, and, and that's like, uh, to me, it's like a really, really cool thing that we're going to see in the next, this chapter and the next chapter. Um, so here we go. We have Isaac, and so starting around verse 8, you're going to see that um, as, as he was, as Isaac grew and he was weaned, so that same day, Abraham threw a great feast, big feast, And there's some, I wouldn't say debate, but we don't know exactly what what age he was at this point. Uh, According to a lot of people, they've done studies on this. I've seen ages that says 12 years old, some say 5 years old. But the the general consensus is that Isaac was probably actually only about 3 years old. So take those numbers as you will. It doesn't really matter how old he was, but it's kind of an interesting thing to look into. What we do know, though, is that Ishmael is 13 years older. Uh, He's 13 years older than Isaac, so that means that he's at least 16 years old, maybe, you know, quite a bit older, maybe even his early 20s. And you'll see that at this celebration, or sometime shortly after, um, that Sarah looks over and sees that Eshmael, which she doesn't call him by name, she just says the son of Hagar, uh, like she won't even speak his name, is scoffing. She's scoffing at him. And you got to understand, too, that um again he's older. He also sees that any chance he has, Ishmael has, of inheritance has now gone out the window. So now he's no longer the only son of Abraham. Um Abraham has a son with his you know true wife, Sarah. So you could kind of justify his laughter or smocking. And actually the the, the the term used here um is actually a very, very close same word in the Greek as as the name um Isaac but it's like a mocking term. It's like a, I forget how they say it, but it's like a, a mean way, you know, of doing it. So, so Sarah sees this and she's unhappy, right? Um, she goes to Abraham and says, basically take this slave, this, you know, handmaiden and her son, doesn't call him by name, and basically get rid of him. Um, I think displeases might be this, the wrong word, but Abraham was a little concerned. You know, he, he wasn't sure quite if this is what he should do. Um, so you'll, you'll see that the God, God speaks to him and says, Abraham, that's fine. Um, listen to what your, your wife, Sarah is saying and have Hagar and Ishmael leave. And you'll see that the next morning that Abraham prepares some bread and prepares some, uh, water, um, for them. He gives it over to Hagar and they are basically, you know, kicked out. Um, it's, this chapter I jokingly always call the, um, Sarah gets a baby, and Hagar gets the boot because she gets kicked out of the house or the tent or wherever they're living at this point, right? So, um, so they leave, and they start to wander through the wilderness. Um, again, you have to understand that what he, what he gave them, this, this, this um, water and this bread, isn't enough substance to really last them for a long time. But here they are out in the wilderness with not much to give or to, to give themselves for nutrition, for, for hydration, so after some time, obviously they're going to need something and they're not going to have it. Um, so they've left. They're wandering through the wilderness. They have nothing. And you'll see in, a, in one one section here where they get to the point where or Hagar actually puts him under a bush, I'm assuming this is for shade, and she she leaves. She she goes the distance of a bow shot is actually what it says, which is kind of a funny way of saying. Uh, Basically, how far you could shoot an arrow. Um, If you look that up, it's approximately a half mile. That's a pretty far shot, I would imagine. I don't shoot a lot of bows and arrows, but that's what they say. Actually, they say that that you could shoot a bow twice and it would equal a mile. That's what Jewish tradition says. Either way, about a half mile. Um, So they have this water, you know, they have this water from the skins, it's gone. She puts him under this bush, and she goes off, and she's weeping and crying. You also see here that Ishmael cries out to God. And an angel of God God calls out to Hagar from heaven and says unto her, basically, like, what's wrong with you? He knows probably, right? Under the inspiration of God, he knows what's going on. But he still says, you know, what's going on? Why are you troubled? And, of course, she tells him they're going to die. You know, that's the the sense that, you know, you get from reading this book. And he tells her, fear not, for God has heard your voice, and you and Ishmael are going to live. Um, And that he's going to make a great nation a great nation out of him as well. And you'll see if you read through, you know, forward in history and stuff like that, he does become a great nation. It's the Arabic people. Um, so God obviously holds his promise there as well. Um, so she goes and then it, it says that God opens her eyes and she sees a well. And then he's actually, she's actually able to go to the well, get water. And that actually is able to provide for their physical needs as well. Um, so God still looks out for Hagar. And for Ishmael, throughout this whole thing, um, it's not that God looks at them and says, well, they're, they're, they weren't my plan, so forget them. He still takes care of them in their time of need. And then the chapter kind of jumps to another another section, another uh, portion, where you see that here Abraham is talking to Abimelech. Um, I can't confirm if this is the same Abimelech from the previous chapter. I would assume that 20 and 21 are the same. You'll see Abimelech mentioned several more times throughout the Bible um, you'll see it in chapter 26, obviously, of Genesis. You'll see it in Judges, First Chronicles, First and Second Samuel. Abimelech, though, is just a, a common name given to a Philistine kings. Uh, based on this, I think it's the same Abimelech we just talked about on, on Monday, if you've been following the podcast. Um, but basically they come and they make a, a no-hostility treaty, basically is what this all boils down to. So Abimelech and the commander of his army come and they meet with Abraham and tell him that we, we can tell that God is with you. And from now on until forever, I want you to swear to us that you know basically that you're not going to do anything to to us or against us or whatever like that. Um, according to your kindness that you have done, that you will do me and my land in which we would dwell. You'll like you'll take care of us. You won't do anything against us, and that we can dwell in peace. Basically, is what what he's asking for here. And Abraham's answer is, "I will swear, basically, I I will do what you're asking of me, but I do have one small issue, and that's his you know return for this treaty with you." Uh, I want to clear up this dispute that we have. Um, and that's basically that he had built a well, and sometime in the past, which a well is very important because during this time there's not running waters, there's not rivers, any of that. There's not really any good ways of even collecting rainfall. Uh, so this well that he had, had uh, built in this, the, the area of Canaan is uh, very strategic importance, very important for health, uh, very important to live. Uh, basically, as I, I dug this well, and your men have taken it from me. Uh Abimelech basically says I had no clue about this and that I'm going to fix it for you. And then we get another picture of a covenant. A covenant that's just created. Uh, the first one we saw in this was in Genesis 15. Uh, really beautiful picture there between God and Abraham. Now we're going to see a similar picture between Abraham and Abimelech that these two are making this covenant. So they take a sheep and an ox. Um they sacrifice it um similar to what we saw in Genesis 15. Um And then they say that, you know, therefore we'll call this place Beersheba, which actually means a watering place or a well of underground water. Um, And then this chapter finishes out basically with uh, Abimelech and then his commander that was with him um, returning to their land, of the Philistines, and Abraham planting an orchard. Or it's these certain type of trees uh, that grow really slow, and that's kind of important to an overall arching picture of, you know, that this covenant is going to be long-lasting. And uh, then he ends the, the chapter in a perfect way where he calls upon the name of the Lord. And um, that's pretty much it. And it's, it's actually a really cool chapter. And I can't tell you how excited I am for Friday's discussion getting into all this. And that wraps up chapter 21. Bye. <laughs>
0: Hey everybody thanks for listening it is john matt and nick you know our thing and our big takeaway from everything that we're doing right now is to help you find christ without him we would be nothing and this podcast would be nothing in romans 10 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved and that's all you need to do you need to do profess your love for Jesus Christ. Open your heart and let him into your life. Uh, Find a friend, tell them, pray about it, do whatever you got to do. But there's a reason that you are listening to this podcast. If you're already saved, go save a friend.